What's the plan for Tennessee to replace Brew McCoy at wide receiver? Such a huge loss. And now that Cooper Mays is back, is this offensive line back to being good? Two questions. We'll talk about it all here on a Thursday. Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your first listen every single day. Appreciate you every dayers for making this happen. we got a fun show coming up here on a Thursday. The best of Josh Heupel. We'll hear from Cooper Mays. He spoke to the media for the first time uh, since his uh, first time this season, you know, since coming back from injury. And so going to play a couple of those clips and, and kind of react to those. In segments two and three, we'll chat with Boogie Bentley of uh, a little Locked On Talking Balls, Talking Balls Network. And it's going to be a fun, fast, and furious Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for uh, being here and making all of this possible each and every day. No Tennessee game on Saturday, but a chance to scout Tennessee's two next opponents, Texas A&M and Alabama. That's a CBS 330 game on Saturday. And, of course, Tennessee and Texas A&M going to be the CBS 330 game the following Saturday on October the 14th. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's look at, uh, let's first talk about um, Brew McCoy. And, and we know it's going to be such a, you know, su- such a hard task in trying to replace Brew McCoy, what he means to this offense, production wise, all that and more. Josh Heupel was asked about replacing Brew McCoy. The conversation probably starts with Dante Thornton. So that's how the, the question here is presented. And that's how Josh Heupel is answering that question. But also, it's Caleb Webb. It is. Uh, Chaz Nimrod. Uh, there's there's a lot to go into this. So here's Josh Heupel on c- kind of replacing Brew McCoy, what the plan is there, and of course Brew McCoy got kind of getting back from injury and staying very much involved with the football team uh, in the weeks to follow. Yeah, uh, Dante, but um, you know all the guys that uh, that you've seen and, and some that you maybe haven't got to continue to grow and, and be ready to play here on the back half of the season. Obviously, you know Brew's injury uh, devastating uh, for him um, and. Uh, you know he's doing well, but uh, at the same time, in this game, the next guy's got to be ready to step up. Dante wasn't available last week. Um, anticipate him being full steam uh, when we uh, when we get to A and M, um, and um, the young guys that uh, that played or have played got to continue to grow and, and play at a really high level. Like a lot of what they did uh, the other night when they got their opportunity. Really, the last couple of weeks they've played pretty good football. I don't I don't know how the rotation will. Um, you know exactly play out as we uh, as we get to A and M, uh, but we got the ability and flexibility to to move guys into different spots. Um, all of those guys really have trained at, at multiple spots. So those young guys, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, um, you know Josh Hopple saying he locked a, he liked a lot of what those guys have been doing, not just last game but the last couple of weeks. And if you remember, Caleb Webb got in the game kind of early against UTSA, caught a touchdown from Joe Milton. That was good to see. Jazz Nimrod was the guy that was kind of coming along last year and had a little bit of a foot injury. Uh, not saying that he would have played a lot last year, but he was the name of between him and Caleb Webb that you heard last year in the 2022 season. So I think Tennessee likes both those guys. And I think um, the fact that, you know, Keaton and Squirrel and Thornton and even Brew, they didn't, they didn't scrimmage much uh, in preseason or in, in spring. Uh, tons and tons of reps for Caleb Webb, for Chaz Nimrod. And I think that um, it really benefited for those guys because they're going to have to play next year. They're going to have to play next year in a big way for 
uh, for Tennessee in this offense. So I, I expect Dante Thornton to bump outside a little bit. I'm not saying he'll be the quote-unquote starter. He might still come off the bench. Caleb Webb might get the starts. Um, actually, that's what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating 84 Caleb Webb out there as your quote-unquote starting wide receiver, but not just limiting Dante Thornton to the slot. He has the build. He has the frame. He has the speed. Um, and the size to play on the outside at six foot five, 215 pounds. So um, it's time for him to kind of put up or shut up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know we're just five games into a Tennessee career here, but you came here for a reason. Um, you have yet to do much, if anything at all. And now there's big reason for you to step up and be that NFL type guy that, you know, the coaching staff believes you to be. And, you know, I've, I've said it a couple of times on the show as well. So we'll see exactly kind of what that plan is, you know, in trying to replace Brew McCoy. But a lot of production, second on the team last year in receptions and receiving yards. He was tied for the team lead in receptions going into last game. And, um, you know, I, I believe he led the team in receiving yards uh, prior to last game as well because Squirrel White had a 100-yard game and went off. But nonetheless, that's a lot of production you're leaving behind. So, again, continue thoughts and prayers to Brew McCoy. Such a devastating injury, uh, but Tennessee's got to move on. It is a next man uh, next man up mentality for Tennessee and Josh Heupel. But I don't think it's going to be as simple as like last year where Mel Keaton steps up and goes. I think that it's going to be a couple of different guys that kind of play that spot, in my opinion. Uh, Cooper Mays met with the media and spoke for the first time since uh, you know coming back from uh, hernia surgery, essentially, and you know playing for the first time against uh, for this season against South Carolina. What did Cooper Mays have to say about coming back? How he feels? How it, how he felt not being able to play? Um, the outside noise, the media attention, all that. Here's Cooper Mays. Some 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 real good stuff here from. Uh, a Wednesday media appearance. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good for me to get out there, be with my teammates. That was the hardest part of being out. So just getting back and, and being able to get in the swing of things and, and find a little bit of rhythm was good. You know, it, uh, sometimes hurts to play the game. Just how it is. So I've been a little bit sore, but getting back this week and getting ready for next week too. Uh, it was it was it was rough. You know, it, that was expected though. I mean, it's it's kind. I mean, we're student athletes. It's kind of like our whole thing. You know, playing football. It's basically kind of our whole life. So not being able to do what you love and, and what you've prepared for doing your whole life is, is going to be hard every time. It, it was tough. Um, just something that we kind of harped on in my recovery process was making sure that I do everything I can to stay conditioned and get ready for whenever I do come back and play, making sure I was ready for the task at hand. So it, it was a big focus of ours, and I think we did a pretty good job. Earlier in the week, we have um, our padded practices, and kind of the first day that I got out there in, in pads and did the whole thing. Um, felt pretty confident in myself, felt pretty comfortable in my shoes and, and where my feet were. So it probably earlier in the week, I, I found a good gauge of where I was at. So that last question was like, essentially, when did you know that you were going to play? Because yeah, Josh Hobble get up there, you know, before the Florida game saying, Hey, Cooper May's going to play, you know? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, no, he's not. I talked to people who, I mean, you're the head football coach. So I'm not trying to say you don't know, but, you know, part of being a reporter is having, you know, people that you talk to that are on the inside. And at, at, let's put it this way. At that point in time, everybody was like, he'll be available, but uh, I wouldn't anticipate him starting or playing 60 snaps in a football game. So when he said that going to the Florida, it's kind of like, what? Like, what are you doing? Because again, he never treats injuries that way. That's one of the most bizarre things, most bizarre things that we've heard all season long. But 
Anyway, two games later, Cooper Mays is here. He started. That offensive line looked good. And you're starting to see that offensive line to what it can be, that five that I think is the best. Cooper Mays at center, Ollie Lane at left guard, Gerald Mincy at right tackle. Um, you know, we'll see kind of kind of how that goes as the year goes on. But I think that's your best five, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it in my opinion. Um, you heard him say it was kind of like his default, you know, phrase to begin every answer. It was tough. It was tough. Yeah, it was tough. Number one, you were in pain. Number two, you had surgery. Number three, you're not playing football, the sport that you love. You know, number four, you're watching your teammates do that and, and go through trials and tribulations and, and and have some successes. And regardless of whatever end of the spectrum they're on that day, you weren't being a part of it. And so you know that's tough. You know that's really really tough. And so good to get Cooper Mays back. Number one, he's one of your best players. Number two, he's a leader on this football team. Um, and good to get him back in front of the media because he's always really, really good with the media. And, and I can really, really respect that. So um, wanted to bring some of those clips to you. Brew McCoy, Cooper Mays from Wednesday Media Availability. That's the only day that we get to go over to campus and, and hear from coaches and players during the bye week. We'll be back to our normal media coverage for um, for game week next week with you know Josh Heupel at noon, players on Tuesday and coordinators um, Hypel again on Thursday, and of course they're in the game. So on Saturday, so um, wanted to bring those to you. I hope you enjoyed them. And uh, when we come back, we'll check in with Boogie Bentley of the uh, Talking Vols Network. All that and more is coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. eBay Motors, proud sponsor of the show. Really enjoy you know what they're doing over there at eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. Ride or die at your vehicle, right? eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leveled up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED light, headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from, your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that dub. Keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Hey guys, before we get into Boogie Bentley, I want to tell you about college football season. We know it's here. It's the bye week for Tennessee. Locked on. Kicking up the coverage every Friday with the Locked On Football Kickoff uh, Live Show and uh, new time change. It's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern Time to noon. 11 a.m. Eastern Time to new, noon. Every Locked On YouTube channel. That's on Fridays. Uh, college Football Kickoff Live. Playoff implications, conference realignments, rivalry games, all that and more. It's on every Locked On YouTube channel, including this one. It's going to be Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time to noon. Uh, moving forward this football season. All right, I'm Eric Kane. That is Boogie Bentley from the Talking Balls Network. It's uh, it's the bye week, but we still wanted to get in our little crossover of Boogie. Tennessee's 4-1, and 1-1 in Southeastern Conference play. Uh, nice little win against South Carolina last weekend. Good win, man. It's coach speak, right, one week at a time. Go 1-0 every week, but I felt South Carolina was such a big game going into the bye week because I feel like, man, we would have been flat as a fan base, right, from a fan's perspective. Would have been a really long week off, but now you got the win over South Carolina. See if Josh Heupel can scheme something up against Texas A&M. And, again, one week at a time. We got a rough stretch coming up. Texas A&M at Alabama, at Kentucky. These are three of the games that you and I talked about preseason. How do no. you come out of this mix? Man, somebody asked me just last night, Boogie, what do you think? Next three games, one and two, two and one, three and oh. 
you could go zero and three. I, it's we're, we're almost halfway into this season, and I'm still not sure if we know what this football team is yet. So we'll find out. We're definitely going to find out in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a lot of the conversation for me this week on the bye week. I'm going to ask you more of those types of questions. But uh, first, the defense um, looks so bad against Florida, and I think a lot of that was game plan. I didn't like the game plan from Tim Banks at the Florida game. Um, but you played. Five teams, four teams with non-pulse, one team or two teams with a pulse. The other three didn't have a pulse. You look like crap against one, and then you looked really good against another. Um, Spencer Rattler, arguably the best quarterback in the country in the SEC, coming in here. Tennessee made him look so pedestrian. Rattled the Rattler, 169 passing yards, pick six, no touchdowns through the air. Um, is this defense more of what we saw Saturday or more of what we saw at Florida? <laughs> That's the question, right? What is yeah. it? And I'm with you. I think – you know, we've talked about Tim Banks. When he when he goes out and plays aggressive football, this defense plays better. They just do. So I think we should live or die by playing aggressive defense. You've got a dominant defensive line. Tyler Barron with, what, four sacks? Omari Thomas, Omar Norman Lott. James Pierce has five sacks. But it's not just those guys, man. It's as you rotate through that defensive line. They are solid, you know, 8-10 deep, man, guys out there making plays. I think this defense might be better than what we give them credit for. And, and But we can't talk about it, right? You can't talk about it because you said it. We played two teams with a pulse. So how do we really know what this football team is? But right now they're giving up 17.8 points per game. If, if they continue to play solid defense, and then you look at Tim Banks, and some people questioned him. They questioned him coming out of that Florida game, and rightfully so. I did not like that game plan. But no. if you continue to improve, he, he, he seven points scoring defense from year one to year two. Now how much do you improve year two to year three? And look at the young talent on this defense, man. I think they're continuing to get better. And I kind of I put out a video earlier this week, and I said, is this the new – Tennessee football is this the identity go out be dominant on defense let Joe Milton just do enough right just the opposite of last year last year it's like well they're going to score 40 but guess what we're going to score 50 and Hendon's going to throw for 350 run for 100 win the game on his own this team's a little different is that the true identity I don't know yet I can't answer that you know I've been saying all week I'm like this is very 1995 of me to say but if you run the football well and you play above average defense and you got a guy quarterback that's just not going to beat you, not not going to get you beat. You're going to win a lot of football games. Now that holds true today, but you're you're not going to follow that same script every single week. Um, Joe Milton's going to have to win you some games, and so this week I've been calling him. And, and again, this kind of comes with a, a negative connotation, and I'm not trying to even say it like that. There's no quarterback controversy or anything. I'm not trying to start one, but to this point, five games in, tell me if this is fair or foul. You have Joe Milton, who is the best game manager in the country, looking-wise, potential-wise, but that's all he is right now. Um, for the most part, he's never going to be perfect, and that's somebody I was going round and round like a freaking merry-go-round yesterday because you know somebody on the board just got an agenda, and that's fair, um, but no, nobody's ever going to be perfect. For the most part, he's making the right decisions. Um, he's not getting you beat, but he is not winning you football games right now. Is that fair to say? Also, is it fair to say that's fine, but Joe Milton will have to win you some games down the stretch because, again, like we talked about, A&M on the road, Alabama, Kentucky, you've got Missouri later on, you've got Georgia later on. Joe Milton will have to win you some football games. 100%. And right yeah. now that's what's so painful about that loss to Florida. They should have won that game. They're a better football team than Florida with that recipe. Just play play good defense, let Joe manage the game, run the football. Like if I told you going into the year, hey, we're going to be almost halfway into the season and Tennessee's going to be leading the SEC 
in rushing yards. They're going to give up 17.8 points per game, and they're going to lead the entire country in sacks. You would say okay, they're undefeated. They're rolling yeah. into the bye week undefeated. Joe is going to have to win, and, and it's almost a kind of weird, eerie, eerie to me because I feel like this fan base is just sitting there waiting, just waiting. When can we say bench Joe Milton? When can we say put him on the bench and get Nico in there? He threw two interceptions against South Carolina, and I don't think he played bad against South Carolina, but two interceptions against Texas A&M, two interceptions against Alabama, probably even against Kentucky, is going to get you beat. And you can say, oh, well, they weren't bad throws. I can live with that interception. Don't throw to the middle of the field and cover three. You're a six-year senior. You know better. You know better than to do that. The throw yep. to Jacob Warren, I'm still debating with myself whether or not that was okay. I felt like there was more room in the end zone. But the bottom line is, you, you yeah, He's the first dude off the bus, and everybody's terrified, and we're just asking him to go out there and not get us beat. It's kind of it's kind of strange, kind of strange. The throw to Jacob Warren, I can live with. Like, you just went similar route to the end zone. You got six. You're going right back to the same guy. You're forcing it. I can live with that. It is what it is. You're exactly right, man. Didn't even see the safety. Didn't even see it. You looked. I thought Jordan Rodgers did a great job kind of breaking that down when I went back and watched the, yeah, watched the yeah. tape. He's like, yeah, I mean, you see this. You think cover two. You think cover two. You throw the football, didn't even see the other safety just sitting there. I mean, you got to see that. That's a bad mistake. Um, but I just, yeah, it is kind of, it's kind of eerie a little bit. And whether it's you know poor offensive line play, the lack of trust in Joe, whatever the case is, I mean, this vertical passing game's got to get going. So again, that's probably one of my biggest surprises at this point in the season. I never thought Joe Milton was going to be Hendon Hooker. I do not think Joe Milton should be benched. I think Joe Milton is, you know, for this football team right now, it's it's fine. I recognize that things got to get a little bit better. And so if I had to ask you, what's one thing um, I'm kind of previewing a series of written content we're doing over at VolQuest.com this weekend. What's one thing that you need to see improve in the back half of the season uh, for Tennessee to get some wins? Oh, man, just a passing game in general, right? Yeah. I was going to say wide receivers, but just a passing game in general. And, you know, to play devil's advocate to myself here, like – I, I like that Josh Heupel will change and adapt, and, and that's what we're seeing, right? We're talking about yeah. the identity of this team. If the identity is to go play defense and run the football and be physical, and we all know they want to run the football. That's part of this offense. They're not taking as many downfield shots. And is it, like you said, is it the offensive line? Is it Joe? Whatever the case may be. I like that Josh Heupel is willing to adapt, and we're hearing the, you know, the buzz about D. Williams getting shifted over to wide receiver. It just reminds me of Evan Berry when he was so electric returning kicks and we're all as a fan base saying, why can't we get the guy, this, the, this guy the football on offense? And it never happened. But here, here Josh Heupel is willing to, hey, make a change. And we'll see. I, I think wide receivers, though, to answer the question, wide receivers got to be better. Joe Milton's got to be better. You're going to have to be able to take some shots down the field. But just almost halfway into the season, the disappointment, man, Dante Thornton, seven catches for 89 yards. You know, Squirrel White's balled out, right? He's leading this team in catches and yards. And now not, not only – are you looking for the wide receivers to improve, but you lose Brew McCoy? That, that's that's a crushing yeah. blow. How do the young guys come along? Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, they've looked good at times. They've struggled at times. So uh, that that's that's who I think you, you got to get better at, at the throw. Just a, oh my gosh, I almost said a butchism. The throw game. You got to be better at the throw game. <laughs> oh, oh, man. What's bad is so many of the things that Butch – said back in the day like I find myself saying now and I just forget and, it's, and if somebody's like oh you sound like Butch Jones I'm like ah, well, I don't want to do game. that so the throw game oh thanks Butch <laughs> all right we'll talk more about the throw game when we return Boogie Bentley said it first it wasn't me more with Boogie coming up next right here on Locked on Balls 
Final segment here on a Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Boogie Bentley talking Balls Network. Join us for his uh, weekly hit here on Locked On Balls. We call it Locked On Talking Balls. Appreciate uh, the Colt for joining us here. I'm going to put on that T-shirt at some point in time when it gets here in the mail. So don't you worry. Um, Boogie, another thing that we're going to be writing about. Biggest surprise so far on offense uh, for Tennessee football through five games. Biggest surprise on offense. I. The, the the biggest surprise is the, the how bad the passing game has been. That's probably the biggest surprise for me. Like everybody talking about the running game and Jalen Wright, you know, and how how successful he's been through five games, doesn't surprise me. I, I think I've I've said all offseason. I think these running backs, these Tennessee running backs, are good. Whether it's Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, I thought Small kind of struggled a little bit against South Carolina, dancing around in the hole. But again. It probably would be a surprise for me to say Tennessee's leading the the SEC in rushing yards per game. I would have never expected that. Uh, but <laughs> it's doubling back to the last segment, it's just a lack of success. That's what surprises me. I thought Dante Thornton would come in in this offense and thrive. But maybe, maybe it takes time to adapt and learn this offense, right? Sometimes we forget, hey, he just got here. He just transferred in. And we think he's going to come in and just have the whole playbook down and go out there and dominate. We'll see. I, I'm I'm curious to see if he somehow steps in on the outside now with Brew McCoy injured. I don't know. I, I I don't think. And I said this about Kamal Haddon last year after that South Carolina game. His whole career is not. He's not going to be. That that's just one game, right? It's just a little drop in the bucket. And and I don't think that Dante Thornton's start to this 2023 season is going to be who he is. I think he's still got a bright future ahead of him at Tennessee, but. Man, I totally just dodged that question and went right back doubling down on the lack of passing game, the throw game. That's all I got. It's surprising. It's surprising for sure. Let's flip it over defensively, good or bad, biggest surprise through five games. Defense, Defensive line, definitely not a surprise. Like, you you just expect But is Rodney it not Garner. surprising how dominant it's been? Virginia game, this game, I mean, it's been – like I knew I, – I thought it was going to be better. I thought it was going to be good. I didn't see James Pierce or Tyler Barron playing at this level that they're playing right now. I guess not. I guess not. But still, like, look, you can get on here in front of a microphone every day and say, Rodney Garner's the best defensive line coach in the country. Do you believe it? Because if you do, then you shouldn't be surprised that True. Tyler Barron's balling out, James Pierce is balling, back, balling out. And you go back to recruiting, and James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, right? And everybody's excited about James Pierce. But Joshua Josephs comes in and a freshman, gets some playing time. Took James Pierce a little bit longer to grasp things, figure things out. Now he is just dominating. Like it, It's not just having five sacks. He lives in the backfield on a regular basis, impacting plays. But no, I'm not, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend I'm surprised. Rodney Garner is doing what Rodney Garner does. He continues to recruit. That defensive line is going to continue to dominate. What is surprising to me is seeing, and you touched on it Monday, seeing true freshman linebackers out there side by side, like seeing Jeremiah T. Lander, Arian Carter. Yeah. Like It shows you that the future at the linebacker position at Tennessee is bright. You've got some good ones. Jeremiah T. Lander, Arian Carter. I think Elijah Herring can be good. But how much better can they be? When is Keenan Peely coming back? Mid-October? Like if we, We're never going to know. Okay, this is terrible. No, November this, at the earliest. Okay, this is terrible. This is terrible. But, but Josh Heupel injuries. After the Brew McCoy injury, absolutely heartbreaking. Praying for that kid. We love him. Somebody in my community said Josh Heupel's going to stand up there at the podium and say he's a game-time decision for Texas <laughs> A&M. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, uh, jo- but it's so true. We'll see, we'll see if we can get him back here and get on the grass a little bit. I mean, gosh, I mean, he, he's got his go-tos when he talks about injuries. At least 
you know, with Brew, he did say after the game, he was like, we'll learn a little bit more on Monday and everything. But, I mean, yeah, like that it one is bad. just. It was bad. Hey, go go support Brew, man. Go, I yeah. saw the Spires doing the, they're donating so much money from the signed autographed 8x10s. Go pick those up, man. Spire Sports Group, join the Volunteer Club, all that good stuff. But uh, support Brew. Support Brew by picking up some NIL gear. I think that's something we can do. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, And, and curious to see kind of the. The timeline, I think it's any I've, – I've been asked a ton this week, is he going to come back? It's like, he's laying in a hospital bed, or he was right. up until like Tuesday or whatever, um, you know, after the surgery. I mean, it's, it's way too early to even talk about that, depending on the recovery time and all that. So, if there's a chance for him to go and, 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 and get drafted, he's going to go. I just I, – I'm, you know, pro day, combine. Is that knocked out? I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um Team MVP through five games. Uh, I don't know if you listened to one of the shows earlier this week, but I did like my top five or whatever and completely left Aaron Beasley off the top five. Just complete oversight. I'm so stupid. Um, it, it, Aaron Beasley might be your team MVP. I don't know, but who's I your just team talked about MVP? linebackers and didn't even mention him. So, yeah, so yeah. we're right there together. We're right there together. I'm See, going James team, Like I was listening to Josh and Swain the other day. Swain didn't even have him in his top five, and I text Josh, and I'm like, I knew I liked Swain because he forgot about him too. And Josh is like, I'm going to go to utsports.com and make sure he's still on the team. <laughs> I mean, he, Aaron Beasley could very well be your MVP, but I'm going, I'm going James Pierce, man, just because he is so dominant. Aaron Beasley's leading this football team with 19 tackles right now, has two sacks. Uh, but James Pierce, just the way he is impacting the game, right? And again, five sacks right up there at the top, man. But the way he gets into the backfield, I'm pretty sure wasn't he the one that applied pressure on the overthrow yes. that Kamal Haddon took to the house? Yep. And that, that was a huge turning point, right? We talk about the middle eight all the time. You and I, whether it's here or on my channel, we're always talking about how important that middle eight is. And you're kind of thinking, okay, we, we dropped the ball there. We're not going to be able to kind of pull away and have an opportunity. And then Kamal Haddon pick six and I felt like that Tennessee never I felt like they never really stepped on the throat of South Carolina but the game was never in doubt from that point on but James Spears the way he's able to impact a football game take over a football game a, a tackle has no shot no shot against James Spears I'm looking at the stats at utsports.com and I don't even see Beasley on here there was something – I don't use UT Sports because there was something last year where they just removed Byron Young completely off the yeah. stats list and I could never find him. Oh, yeah. See, well, I'm I'm stupid, and uh, the the list actually started a page above, not this page. And it's Aaron Beasley, Elijah Herring, Wesley Walker, and then it's a new page. It's the rest of the defense. Yeah, 33 tackles. I, I think you said 19. I'm like, what that is heck? not right. What? Well, how am I wrong? I'm on ESPN. Oh, because that's I'm solo tackles. I was looking at solo tackles. <laughs> yeah, Total yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. there 33 tackles. Because, I mean, the dude had like – I think it was Austin P. I think he had like nine tackles in the first half. I'm yeah. like, shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, dang. Um, all right, so we've done that. We've done that. Let's go. And I think you and I both will have the same answer here. One player that has got to step up the back half of the season for Tennessee to reach its goals. Joe Milton. 100% yep. Joe Milton. Yep. Like, like, I mean, you hit it at the top of the show. It's not – you can't just be efficient and go beat Alabama. You can't just be efficient and go beat Kentucky on the road. People crucified me in the offseason for saying that's going to be a tough game, and now people are questioning what the next three three games look like with Texas well, hold on. Alabama. People got Kentucky. mad at you because you said Alabama's going to be a tough game? No, Kentucky, Kentucky. Oh, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now you're like, yeah, you're an idiot, Boogie. Kentucky? We're Kentucky's daddy. What, what a moron. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been the biggest Mark Stoops fan, I think, of Tennessee media. And like, but nah, nah. I dragged this show through the mud. I turned you, you into one of us. You are a cult member. I drag you through the mud. We ruin all professionalism around here. Hey, um, side, complete sidebar. I know you're talking Joe Milton here. 
How disappointing has Devin Leary been since we're talking about those uh, those cats here? Dude, I, I don't care about – why are we talking about Kentucky? Why are we Why are we talking about Kentucky? If you're going to talk about Kentucky, you got to talk about the running back, right? Like, well, Ray Davis is great, but I want I want to I want to pour I want a poor boy Kentucky here. Like Devin Leary, I thought was going to be really good because he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country a couple years ago, and he's not been very good. So that I thought that Kentucky game was going to be very challenging as well, and I still do. But my point is, when Tennessee goes up there in two weeks, three weeks, if Devin Leary is still playing the way Devin Leary's playing right now, focus on that run game, go get a dub. Okay, so let me be complete devil's advocate here. Okay. You're talking about how bad Devin Leary's playing. What's his quarterback rating compared to Joe Milton's? I'm sure it's better. <laughs> well, let me say this. <laughs> it's better. He has been he has played so much poorly than I thought because if I'm being truthful, I thought Devin Leary could be one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Like, I thought Devin Leary could be like good, good. And he's just not been. So to your point, I don't have the stats in front of me. I am sure that his rating is better than Joe Milton's. Yeah, um, I'm just—I have no idea either. I'm just—I'm yeah. just curious. I'm just curious. I just know that they beat Florida the other day, and he was like nine of twenty-one passing. It's like, what in the hell? Yeah, but when now, you run the football like they yeah. did in that game, I mean, come on, come on. But I like Tennessee's ability to stop the run against Kentucky. It's just for me, the reason that game was circled was just strictly based on. Hey, you got to beat A and M. Then you got to go on the road and play Alabama, and then you got to go on the road again and play Kentucky. And Kentucky plays Tennessee tough, man. And we're we're their Florida. You know, we're we're we are to Kentucky what Florida is to us. Yep. Like it doesn't matter what the what the stats say, what the numbers say, what the talent is. For some reason, we own Kentucky. We're, that's why I sell a shirt that says Kentucky's Daddy because we are Kentucky's Daddy. We got completely derailed. This is locked on talking balls. There was a uh, there was a beat. I don't know who it was, and I, I should do better at my job. But there was a there's a beat writer for Florida that even like before the Kentucky game a couple weeks ago or last week wrote a story like of the annual rivals is Kentucky Florida's biggest annual rival, and the answer is no. But I mean, it's something to think about. It's certainly more of a rivalry game. I mean, <laughs> hides than Tennessee's yeah. been historically, right? Been more competitive. I mean, I mean, here in the last five, six years, seven years, yeah, and the Tennessee's right, got to right, win. Last year in 2016. But anyway, yeah, this is Locked On Talking Vols here. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thanks so much. The answer is Joe Milton. Joe Milton's got to play better. Joe Milton's got to make some plays. Joe Milton's got to exceed some expectations. The back half of the schedule to win some of these games and, of course, get Tennessee still very much on the table. And nine, some people even a 10-win season, but a lot has got to go better on the offensive end consistently the rest of the way. That's right. Joe Milton's got to be good. I think I think Tennessee still has a shot, man. I said nine and three at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking to nine and three. Yeah, me too. I think between you know Georgia, Alabama, goodness gracious, you could look at eight and four too. But uh, I like the way this football team played. Gosh, let's not end on a negative note. It's a bye week. Finish finish this thing on a positive. Coming out of a big win over South Carolina, forty one to twenty. Go get ready for Texas A and M. All eyes, all eyes are going to be on that Texas A and M Alabama game on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be one worth watching. And man, I think Bama. What? It's like a. It's almost a pick'em. It's like a field goal or something like that line. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to watch that game on Saturday. The way Tennessee played, you know, just overall, overall top to bottom. The way Tennessee played against South Carolina gives you a lot of confidence moving forward. Like saying, okay. This is more of the team that we thought we could see this year. Now, can we find some consistency? Yeah, you get some. You get Joe Milton going, and he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have to throw for three fifty. But no. you hit a couple of shots down the field. You run the football. You play good defense. You you, you can go win nine or ten games. 
Boogie, I know it's the bye week, but no days off over there at the Talking Balls Network. What do you got coming up the rest of the week this weekend and getting ready for Texas A&M next weekend? Got tons of videos coming your way this weekend. Not going to do any live streams over the weekend. We're going to slide the fan call-in show to Monday night. Uh, me and Kaner will be moving around, shifting the schedule. I don't know if we'll, we'll do either Wednesday night, maybe Friday morning. We'll see how the schedule plays out. Uh, we got tons of content coming your way, so go check it out over at Talking Balls Network on YouTube. We would appreciate it. So when I said no days off, literally he's going to take a couple of days off this weekend. You said that, I was like, I was like, for the first time in the history of the channel, I'm taking two <laughs> days off. I told everybody, I was like, Saturday, Sunday, I'm not doing anything. Going to spend some time with the family uh, and take, take the weekend off. As he should. Boogie, appreciate it, man. Always a good time, brother. All right, that is Boogie Bentley, the Talking Vols Network. Appreciate him, as always, collaborating right here on uh, Talking Lockdown. God bless. Locked on talking Vols is what we call it, but coming to my show, Locked on Vols. There we go. Uh, we'll come back Friday. We will end this week on a high note, get you set for a college football weekend. No Tennessee, that's a bummer, but what should we as Tennessee fans be looking for this weekend? The Tennessee perspective moving forward, that and a whole lot more. Josh Hopple from his uh, Wednesday press conference. All that coming up on a Friday show. Appreciate you guys for making Locked on Vols your first listen. We'll do it again tomorrow. This is Locked on Vols.